Thanks for tuning into this week's message. For more resources and information about Cedar Valley, please visit cvchurch.org. My name is Amos, for those who don't know me, uh, and I serve here as an executive pastor. I kind of focus mostly on community engagement and work on Sunday morning stuff, and it's an honor to be here. For all of our guests, I've uh, been introduced to so many neighbors and friends and coworkers, and just so thankful to have you be a part of what's happening here at Cedar Valley, especially during uh, the Christmas season. So this morning, we are going to... Uh, stand, if you would, as we read our primary text. So for those of you who are visiting, just know we will not, we will not stand up and sit down every time we read uh, from the Bible. We do this, though, the very first time, just as an acknowledgement that this is God speaking to us, right? Reverence to his word. We'll be reading out of the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verses 18 uh, and 19. And today's message is entitled, The Dilemma of Christmas. Let's read. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Let's go to verse 20. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from all their sins. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being in this place right now. We can sense your presence. God, we commit this next 30 minutes to you. We ask you to work within us. Lord, you know the state of our mind, the weight of the burdens on our shoulder. God, you know everything about us. And so, God, we just ask that you would speak to us. Thank you, God, for the opportunity we have to gather together today to worship alongside one another. We thank you for our friends. We thank you for our church family. We thank you for our community, God. We thank you for what you're doing in us. In Jesus' precious name, we pray it together. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, so this morning, the dilemma of Christmas. You might be saying the dilemma of Christmas. There is not a dilemma when it comes to Christmas. And I would say, oh, yes, there is a dilemma when it comes to the Christmas story. And I just want to start by saying this message is dedicated to those of you who are sitting here today who feel the weight of the world upon you today. I believe God is going to speak directly to your heart. I want to show you a picture. You know, statistics say that the average person makes about 30,000 decisions every day. That's a lot of decisions. And of those decisions, not all of them really are like life and death, right? There's some small decisions that we make every day. Like, what am I going to wear? When am I going to leave? When am I going to return? Where am I going for lunch? These are just small decisions. They're not life and death, but we make them, you know, every single day. But there are some decisions every once in a while that we make in our life that are critical, right? Who you marry, where you live, what you do to earn an income. There are some decisions that we make that are actually big time decisions. There are also some decisions and choices we make that are life and death. There really are some decisions that we make that are just absolutely critical, critical um, decisions, right? We, we, you know, I'm talking about decisions that cause you some stress at night. 
I'm talking about decisions that give you blisters on your lips. I'm talking decisions that cause headaches, like, like things that you're wrestling through. Like, you know, if, if I do this, then, then that takes me and my life th that way. And, and if I do that, then it takes my life. And, you know, there are some decisions that, that change your community, like moving from one state to another, if I take the job, right? There's decisions. What do I do? You know, you know, concerning my, my child, this is a big decision and you can't sleep at night. There are some decisions we make that are just absolutely vital to our life. And, and sometimes in the midst of those decisions, in the midst of, of, of your weighing of options, if you, by the way, in a room this size, I would, I would hope that there are more than just, you know, a few of us. How many of you ever found yourself between a rock and a hard place? You ever find yourself between a, a rock and a hard place? Like, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, this is, this decision's big. I'm, I'm having a hard time making it because of the implications, because of what it's going to cause me to have to do or leave behind or, or, you know, it's hard when you're talking to a, to a son or a daughter and they're thinking about how we're going to navigate mom and dad in this old age decisions that we've got to make. Or you talk to a, a mother who's having hard times with their young child and decisions that we have to make. We're going to learn today from the life of Joseph and Mary, really, how to navigate through some of the decisions, the heartache, weighing out of options that we all have going on in our life. So we're going to work our way through our passage beginning in verse 18. It says, his mother Mary was engaged. Now we're talking about Jesus and his birth. And uh, his mother was Mary and she was engaged. Now it's important that we understand as we come to the dilemma of Christmas, that engagement for Mary to be engaged, this is what it meant. It's a little bit different than how we understand engagement. So in Jewish, Jewish culture, there was sort of three phases to marriage. The first one uh, being contractual, okay? So, so contractual would be uh, parents making an agreement with, with one another for their children, right? So, you know, I've got a 10-year-old son, you've got a 10-year-old daughter, why don't we kind of make, you know, this contractual, you know, step one for, for our children, right? This was very customary in Jewish culture. It's not, it's not how we operate here, so we wouldn't really understand. But so, so Mary had, had already kind of been through this phase. The second phase would be betrothal, right? So, so this is the phase that we would say is engagement. It's about a, a year long, your, your husband and wife legally, but you, you have not come together as husband and wife. Uh, but, but you are pledged to one another. You, you can't get out of this now. If, if you were to somehow want to get out of this, it would be by divorce, right? And so, so, so that's really not an option. But during this year, you're kind of walking hand in hand, getting to know each other, learning about each other, planning for the wedding, right? So this is what we would call engagement. And this is the stage where Mary is in her relationship. Um, Keep in mind that during this stage, this betrothal stage, that this was, you know, you would, you would remain pure, right? You, were, you weren't to that part of that. That would be the consummation part. So the verse goes on to say his mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. All right, so Joseph. Now we have Joseph in the story. Who is Joseph? 
We don't have a lot of information about Joseph, no recorded words about Joseph in the Bible. He's mostly obscure in the Christmas story. The Bible does say, we just read that he was a very righteous man. He was a man of integrity, meaning that he was an honest man. He was a man of honor, right? He was, he was truthful. We also know if you just kind of go up to verse 16, I believe that Jacob is the father of Joseph. And we're, and we're talking about Jacob from the lineage of like Abraham and David. So, so that's Joseph line, if you will, right? So now we know Mary and Joseph are in a betrothal stage of their marriage, right? They are husband and wife. It has not been consummated. They're walking hand in hand, right? So far, no problems. Everything's going great. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. I know everybody in here would like, oh, that makes absolute sense. I mean, God does that all the time. But in their time, that was, that was mind-blowing. It made absolutely no sense whatsoever. This caused some serious problems. We just need to stop for a moment and just, just think, like, this poses a major problem. Major problem in Mary and Joseph's relationship. I mean, relationships are built on trust. You're telling me that, that, that you know, we're, we're, we're engaged to each other. We're in this betrothal period of time and, and you're pregnant and, and the Holy Spirit is the one. I, this, this does not make any kind of sense to me. Just like for most of us, it doesn't make any kind of sense. To, to me, it makes absolutely no sense. Scientifically, it makes no sense whatsoever. Now, Joseph is posed with this problem. It's, it's critical that we understand that he is actually in a dilemma, right? He, he is in a dilemma. And let me show you the definition of dilemma. A situation in which a difficult choice has to be made between two or more alternatives. How many of y'all say Joseph is in a dilemma? He's in a great big dilemma. And we know that he is wrestling through all of this because the beginning of the next verse says, as he considered this. So here's what he's considering. He's considering that the law requires that if your wife is unfaithful to you, you would, she would be stoned to death. That's the law. And then there's this grace of like, well, that's not the story though. She said that, yeah, so, so he's weighing out his options. Can you see where the sleepless nights are coming in with Joseph? Can, can we all agree that Joseph finds himself in this great dilemma? He's in this great dilemma. He is fighting uh, within, you know, he's, he's wrestling through these options that he has to make. He's weighing out his options. He's, he has long, sleepless nights and considering what should I do? Now think about Mary for just a moment. Think about Mary's situation in her own context. Could, could there possibly be a more distressing or humiliating situation that she could possibly be in? I mean, if it weren't, if it weren't for her own, uh, you know, integrity and the strongest confidence in God, she would have surely fallen apart. But she's holding on to that. She's fighting for her reputation and for her honor. And here Joseph's just wrestling through this. The Bible says that as he considered this, you know what he actually kind of concluded with? He concluded that he didn't want to disgrace Mary, so he would quietly divorce her. He couldn't live, he, in his own mind, he couldn't live through this. He couldn't live through this dilemma. This, is, this one was too big for him to overcome. He couldn't make sense of it. And as a result of him not being able to make sense of this, he decided I'm going to have to kind of, I'm going to go out quietly. I don't want to bring disgrace to her, but I can't live through this. It doesn't make sense in my mind. Sound familiar? 
Sound familiar to anybody? Where you just kind of get into a place of, I'm weighing out my options. I can't sleep at night. I've got to make a choice. I've got to make a choice. And, and depending on what choice I make, my life goes in another direction. What am I going to do? How am I going to do this? How am I going to overcome all of this? This is Joseph's reality. And he goes to bed one night with, with the conclusion that I'm going to quietly divorce Mary and I'm going to go my own way. See, we all have dilemmas. Everybody in this room, we all have dilemmas and we all, every dilemma requires that we make a choice and every choice results, uh, has, a, has a result. These are important decisions that we have to make and every decision we make has results, right? Not every dilemma is bad. Not, not every dilemma that we're facing are, are, are bad outcomes. Some of it might be weighing out a new job opportunity, but that means letting go of one you love to take the, the new opportunity. It could mean moving from one country to another. It could mean moving from one state to another or from one city to another. Nonetheless, you're letting go of something you like and have appreciated to hold on to something that you feel God's provided for you. There's still a weight to the decision-making process. However, that's not Joseph's case. That's not Mary's case. Mary's, Mary feels like her life's on the line with this thing. Death is one of the options in, in this outcome. Joseph is wrestling through trust issues. Joseph is wrestling through, am I sure, you know, can God really do this heavy hearted? The verse finishes by saying, and an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. So he goes to bed at night, considering all of this, concluded that he's going to quietly divorce Mary. And then as he falls asleep, an angel of the Lord appears to him. An angel of the Lord appears to him. And here's what we know about a dream. We know, we, we all know what a dream is, but in this case, a dream represents that God is speaking. That God is speaking. Question, does God still speak? Because you could be sitting here today saying, well, yeah, we're talking about a story, you know, 2,000 years ago. So yes, in, 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 the, in the Bible days, of course, God spoke. I believe that God spoke. I read it in the Bible, but that was 2,000 years ago. That was different. Life was different then. Life is different now. Do you believe that God still speaks? Do you believe that God still speaks? And if you do believe that God speaks, how does God speak? How does God speak? In this case, he spoke to Joseph through an angel. But God speaks to us every day through his word. We can open up the word of God every day and God will speak to us through his word. After all, this is his word for us. God speaks to us through his word. God also speaks to us through godly community. Good people, godly people in your life have spoken to you. And when you hear it, you know that is God speaking to me. You ever heard someone say, that's exactly what I needed to hear. Thank you. That's exactly what I needed to hear. Thank you. God speaks to us through his word. God speaks to us through other people. God speaks to us through life group. We're gathered together in homes all throughout our community. And you drive away saying, that's exactly what God, thank you for speaking to me. I'm so glad that person had no idea that what they were saying was exactly what I needed to hear. God speaks to us through worship. 
You've experienced this. You've, you've been engaged in worship and suddenly you feel God come and speak something to you. And you know, God, that's you. I know that that's you. Thank you, God, for speaking to me. Yes, God still speaks. And he speaks to us in a variety of ways. He speaks to us through song. He speaks to us when you walk into some department store and the radio's on and it's on a Christian station and you hear a worship song. You're like, oh, God, thank you. That was for me. The verse goes on to say, Joseph, this is what the angel said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The angel would finish by saying, look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. 800 years before Matthew wrote this, Isaiah the prophet wrote this exact same thing. They will call him Emmanuel. We sang Emmanuel this morning, God with us. Here's what we know to be true, that in Joseph's dilemma, God was with him. The evidence is that an angel went on God's behalf to speak to him, to encourage him, to affirm in him what he already knew and had heard. And I want you to know that God is with you as you struggle in your dilemma, as you work through hard decisions that you have to make. You've got to know that God is with you. You will have a son. They will call him Emmanuel, God with us. And in a room this size, I want you to know Jesus would walk up and down every single row on the balcony and on the main floor. And he would call each and every one of you by name. He is Emmanuel, God with us. So as you consider, as you weigh out your options during this Christmas season, a week away from the great Christmas celebration, and not everybody is filled with joy. Not everybody is filled with glee. There are many of us who feel the weight of the world on our shoulders as we contemplate life-changing decisions that we have to make and weighing out the outcomes of those decisions. I just want you to be reminded today that God is with you. He is with you. He is with you as you consider. He is with you as you consider, as you mull it over, as you toss and turn, as you wrestle through it all. God is with you. God is with you. He is near to you. Jesus, fully God, fully human, came to us and now we can go to him. We saw Joseph's dilemma. We've now seen Joseph's dream. And now Joseph has a decision to make. And the question that I have for you this morning is we've heard that God speaks, but who else is speaking? Who else is influencing your decision making? You know, we all have that coworker who left her husband and now she wants everybody else to do the same. We've all got that coworker who, because they're in such a, a place of misery, they kind of want everyone else to join their party. And so you walk into work and you kind of throw out your issues. And next thing you know, you're starting to hear all these other voices and God's voice becomes less and less and other people's voices become greater and greater. It's critical that we know 
I need to hear and discern God's voice. What is God saying to me? What is God saying to me? What is God saying to me? Imagine in Joseph's context, the influences that he had. Joseph, you know what the law says. Do the right thing, brother. You know what the law says. Joseph, you know what the law says to do. You can't go married on someone you can't trust. Joseph, you know what to do. Yet when God showed up in Joseph's life, he knew that he had to make a decision. So what is the definition of a decision? A conclusion or a resolution reached after consideration. As Joseph considered, a decision has to come. As you consider, a decision has to come. Joseph has a choice to make. What am I going to do? God, what do you want me to do? This makes absolutely no sense to me. Why would this happen? God, why me? God, why, why Mary? God, I don't want, I don't want the elk. I don't want her stoned. I don't, I don't want her humiliated. I don't want that for her. God, I believe you. God, I, I, I trust you. You want to know what Joseph's decision was? Joseph's decision was when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. And he took Mary as his wife. Joseph had a choice to make. Joseph chose obedience. Joseph had a hard decision to make. Not an easy decision. As he weighed through his options, he heard God's voice. And when he heard God's voice, he chose obedience. And when he heard God's voice, he chose obedience. So here's the question. What about you? What are you going to do? With the dilemma you find yourself in today, right in the midst of Christmas season, contemplating, weighing your options, heartbreak, life and death, moving from one place to another. What am I going to do with my mom? What am I going to do with my dad? What am I going to do with my child? What am I going to do with my marriage? What am I going to do? What am I going to do with my job? As you're weighing out your options, as you're considering, are you hearing God's voice? Are you searching for God in the midst of your dilemma? And when you hear God's voice, what are you going to do? Will you also choose obedience? See, when Joseph woke up, it's important we understand, he woke up in the same scenario. His scenario didn't change when he made his choice. His scenario remained the same, yet his choice had been made. He chose obedience, which was not easy to do. When you choose obedience, when I choose obedience, it's not easy to do. It's tough. I love that God allows us to see the humanity of Joseph in this story. I love that Joseph struggled in his consideration. It resonates with me. I'm thankful that I'm not the only one that has a hard time making the right choice. I'm thankful that although Joseph, who would go down in history as the father of Jesus, connecting him to the lineage 
of David was an ordinary man like you and me. He was an ordinary man like you and me, but God chose him. You ever been going through a hard time and that knucklehead comes up to you and says, hey, God gives his strongest battles to his strongest warriors and you just want to punch him in the face? You ever had that happen? In this case, God chose Joseph for this. God chose Joseph because he just had this notion to believe Joseph would do the right thing. What if I told you God knows you've got the strength and power within to do the right thing? And it might seem like too much. It might seem too big. It just might. It might not make any sense at all. But if you're certain you've heard God's voice, what's the risk? Is there a risk when you're certain you've heard God's voice? And when you hear God's voice, that's your opportunity. That's my opportunity to choose obedience. Joseph woke up into the same scenario that this time he took his soon-to-be wife. He married her. They had a son. They named that son Jesus. Jesus would come and become everything that the prophet said that he would. And so much more. Joseph goes down in history as the father of Jesus, placing Jesus in the lineage of Abraham and David because of his obedience. So I, I just think the room is full today with men and women, young adults and youth who are considering their options. There's no question in my mind there's a woman sitting in this room today. She already has the divorce papers. There's no question there's a father in the room today interested in somebody else, willing to leave it all. There's no question. There's, there's no, no question in my mind that there's somebody in the room today and they're tired of seeing their husband or their wife struggle. A hard decision has to be made. You're seeing your parents go through difficult, a decision has to be made. There's no question we are wearing, we are, we are, we are, we are lifting heavy, heavy burdens this morning in the midst of Christmas in the neighborhood, drinking the coffee, eating the sweet treats, having the family over, but heavy hearted this time around, heavy hearted because you're weighing out the options that are going on in your mind and you're kind of deciding that the voices that you're gonna listen to. You find yourself in a pickle between a rock and a hard place today in the middle of a dilemma totally unsure of what to do. Your nights have been sleepless. Tears pouring out when no one's around. Angry at God, angry at somebody else. Driving alone, yelling, looking like you've lost your mind on, on the highway. The heartache for you is very real. The heartache for me is very real. The burden that you are carrying is heavier than most people even realize. But God showed us this morning how we navigate through those kinds of dilemmas. Our big so what today is this, his voice, your choice. Now let me, let me unpack that a little bit for you. There's lots of voices, we know that. There are a lot of voices speaking. Our job as believers of Christ is to decipher Jesus' voice. God, what are you saying? God, what are you saying? 
not what others want for me, not what others want for me, not, not what other people think I should do. God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to say? God, what are you trying to say to me? Wrestle through that, wrestle through that. That is worth the wrestling. That is worth the long nights. It is worth it to battle, to get to the place where you are certain I am hearing God's voice. And when you begin to identify that is God's voice, God, that is you speaking to me. Now it's an opportunity for you to make the right choice and to choose obedience and to choose obedience. Sometimes I wish I had all the answers. I do not have all the answers. I have no idea why some people experience so much pain. It's confusing to me. I don't know why other people go out of their way to cause so much pain to other people. I have no idea. Some of our dilemmas are the result of other people's doing, yet it has caused us so much pain. I don't know that we get ourselves into, I don't know why we get ourselves into messy situations and they've caused us so much pain. But I do know that, I do know that dilemmas require that we search for God. And when we find him, we obey him. And then we trust him with all the rest. So I know we're a week away from Christmas but I want you to know God sees you today. He sees you. Remember, they'll call him Jesus. They'll call him Emmanuel, God with us. He's with you today as you struggle through your dilemma. Would you close your eyes and bow your head with me? Lord, I know this room is filled with people battling through tough situations. wrestling through tough situations. And depending on what choice is made, life can look so different, feel so different. We hesitate in making a decision because we're afraid of the outcome. Something within us is uneasy. We can't sleep at night. We want to be happy and merry like everybody else during Christmas season, but this one's different. This one feels different. Thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. Who's always with us.